the song that he stole or just you know didn't steal but stole oh yeah what was that song crows something a minute of crows a feast for crows that's another thing that is that is definitely george R. R. martin crows in the morning time that is black crow blues that's bob dylan i left my crow in san francisco the observations of a crow there by marty stewart yeah we didn't talk about it mainly because i don't want to wade into it i don't have i don't have enough information on any of them <laughs> but i mean listen to the two songs and make up your mind and see if Bob Dylan didn't lift that song almost 100%. Oh, it's the same song. It's the exact same song. The way that Tupac used that Bruce Hornsby song, because it's the same song. Absolutely. Or the Mr. Mr. song, because it's the same song. And all these people are just trying to pretend that they're not mixed up in confusion. And confusion? In confusion. Man, and it's a killing me. There's just too many. And they're all too hard to please. All right, Kelly, this is Mixed Up Confusion Week Four of Music Video Month. How are you? How are you maintaining? This has been so fun. It's, it has been actually kind of fun. Ever watch or listen to? Probably. Yeah, that's a great point. And we we have multiple music video months down the road. I mean, they're, they're even looking up the songs that he has. I kind of forget that there's so many great songs that actually do have music videos with them. So this is not the, the last music video month by far, but this is one that we're kind of getting everything out on the table. And I think this one's a pretty interesting one because to talk about what we like, which we're going to do next week, and to talk about what was like at the beginning of the 1980s and for MTV are pretty simple. This one, though, is kind of crazy. I think this might be our weirdest week. Because these are songs that we're looking at that are based on movies. Obviously, Bob Dylan's Things Have Changed is based on the Wonder Boys movie. And Wonder Boys features heavily in the video itself, which we're going to talk about after we talk about videos. But for you and me, the music video, the movie music video has been in our lives since the day of our birth. Yeah. We've lived in a world where music videos based on movies have existed. True. We watched some that we had already known existed, and we've watched some that we would never have known in a million years. Yes. And that alone, that today, along with the last couple of uh, the last uh, couple of weeks, has been enlightening. So the interesting thing about this is that there are so many. And at first I was like, oh yeah, sure, there's, there's the Titanic one, there's the Godzilla one, that was like... Classically panned, just because the movie is awful. So say everyone, I don't really remember it. And, you know, the fact that they used uh, Led Zeppelin song. So you can think of those quickly. But then when you really stop and think like, oh, my God. You start digging a little bit, find some lists. Like, the top 28? Like, you what? There's 28? And that's just the top of them? There are so many movie music videos. And we quickly found out that they fall into a couple of different categories. Like... For instance, yeah. <laughs> there's the the classic, this is literally just the movie. Did you watch the movie? Well, you don't need to. Here's a song and the movie in four minutes. And insidiously, if you go onto YouTube, you're going to find a lot of... Tricky tricksters. What we found out this week, you find out some tricky tricksters who are going to literally condense the entire movie into just the song. Classic fan video. I.e. Lose Yourself by Eminem. Yeah. You want to watch 8 Mile in four minutes. Go to that fan video. I was not fooled because I have watched 
back in my youth, many a anime fan music video, and also many a lesbian mashup of any scene that was in a movie that had girls kissing in it set to music. Well, I've seen, per <laughs> If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, plenty oh, of exactly. Buffy mm-hmm. related. I would never be fooled by those in a million years. But the, yeah, the movie ones are really tough, because yeah. you don't know. Because also, if you haven't seen the movie, how would you know? How would you know? How would you know that was the movie? So we have that. That's category, right? Yes. We also have... A little more uh, actual performing or a little more thought where we have a story, maybe even a narrative with clips of the movie going on behind it. Uh, classic is a live band is playing and we've got music clips in between. But like the art of it is that there's really no context to the movie. Maybe it's like a set is involved. It's similar. Yeah, but, but in reality, time. if you just had like Shrek playing on the green screens around the city. Oh shit, Shrek was one. Smash Mouth has oh one. Oh my god, right? Okay, sorry. Didn't mean to bring Shrek into this. <laughs> But, I mean, I'm thinking particularly Nickelback, right? Right, Playing on this Spider-Man set. Uh, Just Chad Kroger and Josie Scott. Whatever. (laughs) It's aesthetically enough to make you know it's Spider-Man if you've seen the original, quote-unquote original, from 2002? Sure. One. 2001, 2002. Um, But if the green screen videos weren't playing Spider-Man but playing, like, the Maltese Falcon, it would be the same effect. So things that don't have... There's, there's nothing intrinsically a part of the video that make you automatically forever know it's associated with Spider-Man. And then we have, uh, completely opposite of just nothing but clips, a music video that has nothing to do with the song whatsoever. The song may have been written for the movie or ha- was featured heavily on the soundtrack, but the video has no intention of letting that into the viewer. So uh, Happy by Pharrell is a, a great example of that, and we'll talk about those. And then we also have performances in movie and we're not going to go too deep on that but that is a beast in and of itself think uh bowie and labyrinth Mm -hmm. think uh i want to be sedated by the offspring and idle hands um stuff like that and then last but not least the piece de resistance of music movie videos which guess who's a part of this piece de resistance where you take we'll we'll keep what the other one is that we need heavy like themes ideas from the movie, like actual set pieces and everything, you're basically making your own short story mm-hmm. using the the theme of the movie uh, to tie into your song. Yes. So that, I think, is the coolest. That is the coolest. And that's where I feel like we should be moving toward. Let's start at the wild end. The songs that were known to be written for movies that have nothing at all related to the movie. There's no clips. There's no actors from it. Uh Sometimes you don't even see the artist itself. It's just like completely separated from existence. I, I had a couple. Uh, my, my number one was Eye of the Tiger, Survivor. Oh, yeah. Uh, I honestly thought we were going to see Rocky? some Rocky shit. Rocky Three is what they wrote it for. It's not featured in the video at all. It there's is not just, even boxing. There's not even boxing. It's just, just the guys walking down the street. And, and going I, into a club to play. That threw me for a loop. was like, oh my God, there are so many music videos of dudes walking down the street. And that's the whole video. Yeah. What the fuck? And that's what I mean. So I, I did not dive far enough into it to see if they filmed it before. You know, so it wasn't really written for Rocky. But that makes me believe it wasn't actually written for Rocky. Because there's no way that a band would turn down having one of the biggest franchises, especially at the time, yeah, be a part of their music video. Are you kidding me? So that was bizarre. Uh, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees is another egregious one. Like, okay, if you're not going to even feature 
okay, we can't do Saturday Night Fever for whatever reason. We're not going to have them in the video. At least make it in a fucking disco. Like, right. you're the, like, a huge fi- fixture in disco. Nobody's dancing. It's just them walking down the street. It's just it's just the bee just walking down the street and standing on stoops. And I don't understand. I don't understand. Why is there nobody's in even an outfit? Nobody's dancing. There's not a dance to be had. It's bad. It's bad. A great song. One of my favorite songs, Fight the Power. That was Public cool. Enemy. Great. And it was like tangentially, if you've seen Do the Right Thing. It's like, ah, it makes sense. I could see this being a part of the world of Do the I Right Thing. Is this Spike Lee? A Spike Lee joint. Okay. Yeah. So I and especially approached them to do it, but was like just do a song, and, and it's still one of their most popular, famous, probably oh, yeah. the song that they're associated for. But they wrote it for "Do the Right Thing," but there's no tie into the movie, which I particularly appreciate. But you can make the case that it's aesthetically like pleasing to do the right thing, and what "Do the Right Thing" was all about is fighting the power, and there's yeah. a lot of that to it. But they do avoid um, having just direct actor show up or whatever but I also think in the early 1980s that was not something on anybody's mind nobody was thinking to do that kind of stuff happy for Al Williams yeah he brought this one up there ain't a minion in sight there are people in minion costumes as they're walking down the street because it's another video where people are walking down the street and they're dancing down the street apparently at the end of it they're like click here to see the 24 hour music the 24 hour happy video I'm like no wow so they must have just filmed people like dancing, oh, shit, yeah, people. just dancing down the street. I mean, imagine all the people you saw and you air them all for one minute. Yeah, there might be enough to fill half a day. Yeah, wow, amazing. Anyway, yeah, uh, I mean that song was inescapable the year that that movie came out. It stuck yeah. with me too. Then um, that's, I mean, it's whatever. It's a cute video, but yeah, nothing, nothing to do with the movie at all. There are again, there are people in mending costumes for a second, but we don't let it Dude, I miss get that. in. We don't let it get in. Which okay. is for the best. That's what you I mean, want. Honestly, that's that's great. And the final one on mine for, for this category is The Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. A great song. Philadelphia, obviously a great um, a great movie. Um, Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. I've never seen it, but it's about AIDS, right? It is. And so and so that's what makes uh, you know Bruce walking around the streets of Philadelphia. It's powerful. It's it's not bad. It's it's doing what Bruce Springsteen uh, is contractually obligated to show, which is the working class of America. And, uh, yeah, and it, and it does a great job of it, and it's beautiful and cinematic. And for, God, what would it have been, 1992, 1993? It's an early 90s. Oh, it looks really good. It looks gorgeous. I wow. mean, right? It's a very, and it might have been remastered for HD Maybe. or something because, whew. It's really nice. It's beautiful. So it is, a, it, and it's a great song, and Bruce is obviously great. But there ain't a there ain't a Hanks in sight. No Denzel. No. Now clearly, if we didn't say this well enough at the beginning, we are missing a lot. We're missing a ton because ton. there are a million. And if you know any that we're just like egregiously missing, hit us up sotwpod.com. Everywhere. Hit us up at uh, sotwpod on on Twitter. Just, just tweet at us. Tweet us. Just add us. We're this. asking to this? be added. Please add us. Add us. We'll throw and let you, us know we'll some throw you out. Yeah. music videos from movies. Exactly. What about? The terrible videos that are just the movie, just clips from the movie with the song playing over it. Flash dance? Yes, because Literally that's just nothing. Jennifer Beals dancing around. There's nothing happening. My heart will go on. It's just Celine Dion uh, up against a, a background that's kind of shimmering. And then she's on a boat, a fake boat, I believe, at some point. But then yeah. it's just, it's if you don't want to watch the t- Titanic, if you don't want to sit through four hours of yeah. Titanic, just watch oh, the music video. Oh, totally, it, totally. It's the whole thing. It's the finish. whole movie. Prince of the Universe by Queen. Hmm. Uh... It is clips from Highlander, the movie. 
and it is a stock random concert by Queen. There's nothing unique about that in con- in conjunction with Highlander. It is just two things smashed together. There's no connection between the two, so there's neither are speaking to one another. Ooh, on that note, the better song from the Highlander soundtrack that Queen did the whole thing of is Who Wants to Live Forever, and that song should make you fucking cry because it's a peek into Freddie Mercury's life and it being so fucking sad. Um, that does not feature the movie at all. Oh, it's really? just a performance. It's a, And it's not a live performance. It's definitely a performance they did for the video. Oh. And it's just a beautiful, giant venue with um, a full orchestra, and he's wearing a really amazing suit. And it's just, yeah, it's just them. It's just a performance. And, and it's really fucking fans, good. too? Or crowd? No, no, no crowd. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, just a ah. It sounds like something you would want to put together with your movie. (laughs) It'd be powerful and sound great. Yeah. So those were my easy ones. Those are like my like throwaways that I didn't have to think about. My harder ones are the ones where, again, this gets back to this could be this movie or, or the other. I think the greatest one is Kenny Loggins for Danger Zone. He's sitting in a hot hotel room. Oh my God, sweating he's so his ass sweaty off. and gross. It could have been shitty scenes from Top Gun. It could have been shitty scenes from Flashdance. Could have been shitty scenes from insert, insert any movie fucking here. movie. Exactly. Josie Scott and Jack Kroger on a roof. Josie Scott looks the worst. Jack Kroger, of course, is the worst. They're just up on a roof, and they're not. It's green screen to shit. It looks oh, terrible. Okay. And it could be any movie. It could be any movie. Any movie. Any Absolutely. movie at all. And uh, and so that's and that's really it for me. And so one that was really hard for me to put on was Don't You. Forget yeah, about me. Simple Minds. Great song. Uh, classic song. Heard all my entire life. Oh, yeah. But I got to thinking about it as much as I liked it. All those little, you know, TVs sitting on the ground and doing, you know, the fun aesthetics of everything have nothing to do with Breakfast Club. That yeah. could have been any movie. Absolutely. That. They could Same have been thing. watching the news. Could've it would have been. been fine. I mean, even in the video, it's just um, clips of the rest of the band for the most of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the Breakfast Club is pretty uh, rare. Mm-hmm. Which, it was like two and a half minutes in before they showed it. Yeah, I know. Again, weird aesthetic choices. I don't get it. I don't like either sell it to me or, or don't. Right? <laughs> or find a medium. Do do the song in the library. Are you doing this for the movie or not? It, do it Pick. in the library without anyone around. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's what fucking LL Cool J does later. Oh my god. In the water. Oh. He's in the tank where they were. Oh my god. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. And the last two I have, and you can jump on with whatever you have. I know I'm just kind of like bogarting this one because I split it into two without telling you. But um, <laughs> is I Believe I Can Fly by Rapist R. Kelly and Kiss from the Rose by Seal. There was nothing in that video that I could tell that there Seal... There was a, a very open-bloused Seal. <laughs> uh, yes. But, uh, but <laughs> that if was the other thing you the take away the bat signal, 
you don't know what oh, movie. Oh, it's that a dude is. in a fucking room with open pajamas. <laughs> exactly. And then I believe I can fly. I thought was going to feature more Space Jam than it did, and it there was plenty of Space Jam, but it was essentially R. Kelly out in, in a fucking field, right? Fields. Yeah. And then having like again projection screens with fucking Space Jam going on, <laughs> which could have been The English Patient, which could have been an episode of Seinfeld. It, like it didn't matter. Nothing about that said. I'm in it for the Space Jam. So <laughs> it's my, it's your plan to the dance with the Space Jam. All right. Yeah, that was a better one. That's a better <laughs> one, right? Song. I believe I can fly. Is a classic song that will live on. Unfortunately, that. Oh my God, Aaliyah, Romeo must die. Ooh. Ah, nice way to way to go though. I know that video. Yeah, yeah. That's another. That would be probably the next category. Actually, that was aesthetically pleasing to mm-hmm. what they were doing, but not. But it was mostly choreo and uh, a couple of scenes with, couple with Jet Li here and there. Do you have anything on that? Because that's let's add that first and foremost right up to music around the movie. Because Aaliyah fits that. Perfectly. Yeah, she was in the fucking movie. Perfect. Yeah. Did you have anything? Oh, oh, fucking Queen of the Damned. Will it change? This ain't a yes. This ain't a no. Just do your thing. We'll see how we go. similar adjacent category of music videos that are kind of built around the movie where they they may have a couple clips here and there but it's mostly just like aesthetically we're alluding to it we're not relying on the clips so much we're kind of backing away from the clips as we go down the list the the first one is like we're all clips and then we're or we start with no clips and then all clips and now we're backing away from the clips so we're getting even further away uh (laughs) although ninja rap it's interesting because it's also on the cusp of another category we have coming up but Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice. Ninja Rap is art. It's an art piece. It's so bad. <laughs> it's in the movie. And I very vividly remember watching this movie. And he's in it. He does a performance of this song in the mm-hmm. movie. But the music video is it's, even worse. Yeah. And it's it's different. It's longer. It is different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because in the movie, I'm sure it's only maybe a minute long. It is. But this is the full four minutes. And even the, the clip that or the video that I saw, it starts with an interview with him and ends with an interview with him. I mean, and I said, music videos with interviews uh, attached to both ends are the best, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's four and a half minutes of Vanilla Ice dancing and humping. And, oh, dancing it's, just, and, humping. and it's a chorus just over and over ninja, again. Ninja. Rap. Ninja. <laughs> Ninja, rap. Ever seen a turtle get down? Go no, ninja, go ninja, go. Go. <laughs> go ninja, go ninja, go. So if you've seen Ninja Turtles two and you've seen, unfortunately, I'm sorry for you. Ninja Turtles one was great. Oh. I'm I'm on the fence of Ninja Turtles two. I loved. I mean, I love the first one. I love the second one when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I actually never saw Turtles in time. I, oh, oh, the one where they go to like ancient China. Mm-hmm. Definitely did. Owned all of them. Did not see that one. No, two doesn't get a lot of love and it shouldn't well because one it's is ridiculous the they're all but it has bebop and rocksteady in it doesn't it i don't know yeah well it, no it has like the weird wolf creature oh which yeah. is not it's not bebop and rocksteady but when it's not shredder yeah but still anyway ninja rap <laughs> yeah it's not it's never all i thought was this is not cool as ice it's never gonna be as good oh if you haven't ever seen Cool If you've never seen Cool Size. Actually, forget Ninja Turtles. Forget literally every movie tie-in. Go... Turn this podcast off. Watch Cool Size. You have to. Uh, he had a line. Lyrics. Fill in the gaps. Drop that bass and get the ninja rap. Feel it. If you know what I mean, give it up. Pull the heroes in green. Just flow in. Smooth with the power. Kicking it up. Power after. That 
I want to be really honest. If it weren't for the movie, all of the shots where the Ninja, Ninja Turtles showed up on stage and were uh, had vanilla, vanilla ice was, in theory, I'm, I'm saying this as a conspiracy theorist for this song really quick. In theory, Vanilla Ice is behind the four Ninja Turtles. And we get this, like, zoom and enhance on him, but it was a blurry face. And then it went back to the rest of the video, which is him dancing. They cut at the end in between... Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! 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 Or go Ninja, right? Mm -hmm. And the Ninja Turtles on stage with him. And then there's a shot at the end where the Ninja Turtles are holding oh. Vanilla Ice, holding him across, right, the four yeah. of them. But his face is, again, blurry. It's from far weird. away. They do a weird zoom in, and then it's gone. Weird. It felt like you were looking at Bigfoot. Like, this weird... It just got so pixelated, like, zooming in. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't it, was, it was really bad. Wow. And then we got that fucking weird interview at the end where you're just like, go watch the movie. Go watch two. <sighs> They told me not to curse, but that's not my style. So I didn't. <laughs> what's happening right now? It's so bad. Yeah. Ah. So that was a that was a rough go, but mm-hmm. that was also unique. I mean, the reason why it's in this category is that it it this one didn't actually rely on very many clips at all. It yeah. Was, it's just it was a mainly basically. just a performance, but it had the Ninja Turtles in it. So at least aesthetically, it was saying we acknowledge that we're a part of a turtle movie. <laughs> we do heavily acknowledge. Yes. What about Ghostbusters, Ray Parker Jr. from the film uh, Ghostbusters? One of my favorite videos. This was so fun. That I've never seen. A lot of neon lights and just Ray Parker Jr. shimming around as a ghost, I'll terrorizing honest, a young who, woman. Who is Ray Parker Jr.? He's the guy that did the Ghostbusters song. See, okay, so I don't know who he is, and I don't know Ghost if I've Buster. ever seen this in my life. Uh, I've definitely not seen this yeah, video. Yeah, I loved it. And at first, when John Candy showed up to say Ghostbusters, I was like floored. I was like... I just saw the ghost of John Candy. Do they know? The Ghostbusters. Do I need to call Ghostbusters? <laughs> I'm really nervous right now. And then fucking everyone, everyone showed up. So Kevin Chase at the end. They many just, celebrity had like a cameos. Come out of his I mouth. They, he definitely rewound, they rewound the footage. That's an old gag. Fair enough. But yeah. Chevy Chase was the last thing we saw on a Ghostbusters music video. What was Chevy Chase doing in the 80s to get all of this play? My God, was vacation that big of a deal? Something strange in a neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! Something weird and it don't look good. Who you gonna call? Yeah, a million celebrity cameos, but mostly which is Ray Parker Jr. kind of harassing a young woman as a ghost. They were, oh, he was a ghost? Yeah, he was like transparent sometimes. Oh, yeah, I know I do. I also liked it when he was like on the stairs and then he'd be like, do that. it makes me feel good. I mean, that, that is just, you can't. He was, no, no. The first time we saw him is he literally goes into the scene. Yeah, I should have really fucked up. I just, I thought. That's what they do in the 80s. They're just semi guys. And then at the end, the cast shows up for Incredible. a little like choreo moment. And Bill Murray tries to do breakdancing. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every moment of that, except for Chevy Chase showing up. I it was, yeah, I think it was really good. I think there was, there was a, definitely a couple movie clips, but it wasn't super relying on it. And there was other stuff going on around it, more than just standing in pajamas, screaming in front of a bat signal. 
Um, one thing that we didn't, you, I don't think you watched this one, but I need to talk about this just for a second. So part of our other category where it's just lazy movie clips on top of a um, live performance, a la the Queen, uh, yeah. Prince of the Universe, was Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine from Terminator 2. And the only reason I even want to talk about this is because I forget how much I love Terminator 2. That's a great movie. And oh, Lin- you watched the whole thing. Linda yeah. Hamilton's arms. And that's all I needed to talk about. <laughs> I just needed to talk about Linda, Linda Hamilton. Wow, Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. And I just wanted America to know that. So. I will try my best to bring that back. but Well, not even just America. I need the world to know about Linda Hamilton's arms. That's a hard, that's a hard edit. <laughs> that's, I'll try. I'll try my best. Same song. Digital Underground. From what has to be the goofiest fucking movie of all time. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. I've never seen this. And I downloaded Neither. it and I tried, like, I want, really wanted to watch it because I saw this video on MTV Classic okay. when I was in that Airbnb when I first got back for a month. From they Europe. had You were in Europe for a year and a half and you came back right. to the United States and you saw this video. I did. Okay. Yes. And it was so bonkers. Yeah. And without having seen the movie... I oh, it makes some sense. I don't mean, how, know how much. But from what you can glean, even it, watching just the video, they clearly are in the movie. The Digital Underground yeah, yeah. is in the movie, nothing but trouble. But they're also watching it inside the video. The video is super racist, and it's very weird. Oh, weird. It's just a calamity. It makes me... That is kind of curious, because like Digital Underground, uh, I only really know him from Tupac, who is also involved in this. Mm-hmm. He shouts them out in... in I get around particularly, but probably other songs as well. He's he's in his early career, but Tupac also was a great actor and in a lot of great movies that I legitimately love, like Juice and Poetic Justice. It's weird. Maybe they're all just actors. Maybe the Digital Underground was just like we're just a, a film collective, really. We oh. just rap on the side, you know. Like it's so weird that no, they're definitely he got group involved. They got up all because of this video. I was inspired to like make my crazy long early nineties rap and r&b playlist and um they were definitely on there so yeah i'd be curious i would love to actually hear more of them but the video is fucking weird and that movie has to be god awful it's a per wikipedia a black comedy about what i can't tell but it's dan Aykroyd. whatever's happening to the main character like yeah the makeup it's supposed to be like an old guy something but he looks like a monster monster. so i hope he is a monster otherwise they did terribly something's something's gone terribly wrong it's really bad Another one I had on here uh, is We Don't Need Another Hero by Tina Turner. Mad Max 3. Mad Max Beyond, Beyond Thunderdome. Thunderdome. I, I, I picked this one. This was almost a quintessential one because uh, this one didn't have that many clips, but it was Tina Turner embodying. She the, was the character. She yeah, was. The whole time. Right. She, and she was in the movie too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Exactly. But it doesn't matter if she was or wasn't. She was in this video a character in this I'm the one you go meet. Hearing terrified screams. They surround my team. All you see is trails of blood. Either God will intervene. Nightmares of darkness. My appetite is heartless. Even if we related, you eliminated regardless. In the deep blue underwater walls. Half man, half shark. My jaws don't Oh my god. LL Cool J, Deep Blue Sea. Oh my god. So I don't know if I've ever watched Deep Blue Sea. My hat is like a shark's fin. The most inexcusable, maybe, line in all of rap history. Deepest, bluest. My hat is like a shark's fin. When the Titanic sink, I'm the one you go and see. So I know this video 
uh, pretty well because I used to watch a lot of MTV and I used to watch a lot of best of and clip shows and things like that. And this was, I think there was a series at the time, Making the Video. Oh. Does that sound familiar? Did yeah, I yeah. make that up? Yeah, no, no. Um, so they would just... That be, was a show. Yeah, yeah. They'd be on set when people oh. were making music videos. And I watched them making the video for this uh-huh. when it came out. And I just remember very vividly the contacts that he wears, the blackout contacts. It was uh-huh. like a big fucking deal. It cost a lot of money. And this video took forever to shoot because it's tons and tons of water. And those contacts are really bad for your eyes. Oh. So like he had to be in that tank with this... The, Water constantly streaming on him and these contacts in. There was a lot of water in, in it. So much water. I mean, there were shots where like water was like spraying him hard. He was, I like, know. Struggling against yeah, it. Yeah, there's a scene where like there's got to be seventeen fucking hoses on him, and he's just shooting all of his back. And he's just kind of shimmying, dancing to the song because like what else can you do? And this is a song that features the classic line, "I eat your ancestors. The ocean is haunted." <laughs> so it was worth it in the end. <laughs> And I do believe he's in this movie with also Natalie fucking Portman. And Samuel L. Jackson, who famously gets eaten. And I think they're in the lab. I think that he's in the final the, the final shot of the movie where they're all down in the lab. And Samuel L. Jackson gives his, like, we're going to save the day. This is how we do it. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. Ah, and then he gets fucking eaten by a shark. Like, the shark just jumps oh, out and eats okay. him. And that's, uh, and it's pretty, I mean, for me as a teenage boy, I was like, Damn. Oh, that was me with um, the Vin Diesel movie, Pitch, Pitch Dark. Black. Pitch Black, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when they get to the very end, and bitch gets killed at the very end. The heroine of the fucking movie dies at the very end of the movie. I was like, this is the dopest shit I've ever seen yes. in my life. Also, there was a little lesbian in the movie. I was like, this is my favorite movie I've ever seen. And then they turned it into Chronicle of Riddick. Yeah, well, that was unnecessary. Everything you love dies. Speaking <laughs> of death, Come With Me by Puff Daddy. Man, this was I think this is very much a touchstone for both you and I. This transcended. Uh, th- this was like this was it. This was huge. Oh, absolutely. Huge. I Godzilla did... was huge. This song is seven minutes long. This song fucking sucks. It was interesting that it's Jimmy Page is the only one credited on it. Oh, my God. Did you did you watch the whole thing? One second. <laughs> Let me tell you what I think about this song. I watched every second of it. Me? Fucking too. When they started with Biggie and him waking up from... Having sex? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, that's not a Biggie song. I mean, it is a Biggie song, but they still... From I, all they're doing is, is fucking hearkening back to some other time. Where so they're like, PD here's a better song. Here's a better song. This is horrible. It must have been... A nightmare to make. It must have been so expensive. And for whatever reason, Jimmy Page fucking agreed to this. Apparently, Jimmy Page, two things. Not only did, did he do this, apparently, to ingratiate himself with his son, who was living in New York and was a fan of hip-hop at the time. So Jimmy oh, Page really? thought this would have been... He was nine years old, so he was doing that. But also, apparently, he also redid the guitar to Cashmere. So it's not actually the recording from Led Zeppelin. Is that why it's he only credited did the him. whole thing exactly? So, and I think people have taken uh, the instrumental of this and put it up against the instrumental of Cashmere and shown that it's not the same song. Really? So he re-recorded the entire thing for this, which I don't think is like unprecedented for people to do. Interesting. It's just interesting in that Cashmere is a pretty classic Led Zeppelin, especially late Zeppelin, where there's not a whole lot to cling on to. 
that is probably the that only amazing. thing. It's a great song. I mean, it's it's too long. And so it, well, nice. yeah, and I, that's why I was curious. I was like, did they literally just cut out Robert Plant and put Pup it's, Daddy on it? Because it's it's like the whole song. It's just Cashmere, but apparently it's not. Well, I mean, think about Cashmere. All the song is. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Over and over and over. So if he's singing about whatever he's singing about in Cashmere. Yeah, I mean, sure, he was cut out, but I mean, I believe that they re-recorded it or remastered it. Um, they definitely added new bass to it and new guitar. Oh, and do drums. You, do yeah. you know who produced it and did all of the extra bass and guitar? Mm-mm. Tom Morello. No shit. God. So he's got his fingerprints on this fucking... That's unfortunate. Horrible. I mean, the biggest thing is the rapping. Like, the lyrical content and the cadence... He's a terrible he's, fucking rapper. He's, I he's mean, so... Bad. He's so bad. And, like, Kanye gets a lot of flack. I thought, all I could think of was, like, if only Kanye was 10 years older. If only Kanye was 10 years older. If we had to do this song, this would have been so much better. And and so Kanye gets a lot of flack for being a bad rapper, and it's not... Really? Oh, yeah. No, no. Some of his songs are real dumb. Okay, that's fair. But even at the end, when he comes down from heaven or whatever, and he's singing his fucking shit, and Jimmy Page... Let it be known. It's just in on a fucking... Video screens, yeah. He's on a video screen. He's not even on the fucking... Was that even rel- present day footage or was that footage from the 60s? It looked old. I think they got him in the studio playing a, a little riff so or whatever, weird. but he was not part of it. And that threw me for a loop. Also, the stage was too big. And like, the most egregious part to me was right in the middle of this song where the breakdown happens where Robert Plant does this, oh, yeah, yeah. He did that for a second. Did oh, you hear that? No, I didn't. Yeah, know. he went, oh. I was like, oh, 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 what's happening? Please never do that again. No. What is happening? I just saw Diddy. Awful. Two jets collide into one another and explode. And Diddy flew back into an elevator and then was like, I'm fine. And wrapping an elevator. CG elevator that skips 10 floors at a time. Where was he going? To heaven. How was he getting in? He was anywhere? going to heaven. I hated the heaven stuff a lot. He turned into birds. I just every part of it was bad. And his arm pumping, at least we forget. Oh my god, he was ugh, everything. <sighs> okay, so I but let it be also known that there were plenty of clips uh, interstitched in this fucking But not travesty. actually not that many. It was not just the dinosaur. I mean, it was just Godzilla. It was just Godzilla, which was kind of interesting because especially in some in a movie that was notoriously uh didn't want to show Godzilla for some of it and then overshowed Godzilla. Yeah. There was a lot of Godzilla. Not in a Broderick this. in sight though. Not a Broderick in sight, which was a classy move. Yeah. I guess. I mean I mean it was just the dinosaur. It really other than those clips from the movie, that was it. And it yeah. those were just there to show that Puff Daddy's bigger and badder than Godzilla. So one of my uh, movies that I might have seen more than any other movie in my life, not just because I I love it, which I do, but just because it happened to be on cable. All day, every day, when I was a child, apparently, I don't want to miss a thing from Armageddon by Aerosmith. And if you're around our age, it was at every school dance you were ever at. You've touched many boys and girls to this song, <laughs> for sure. Sweaty handed, hands on hips, oh God. afraid of everything. Oh God, you probably <laughs> had a panic attack. Maybe this song is a, this is gonna trigger a panic attack in you. Who knows? It was better than I remembered. I really just had a, a vague memory of them being in a really big room. They were. They were. But uh, I loved his little outfit. Space shuttle, Kelly. Yeah, they were launching a spaceship. Duh. Yeah, I mean, it's just Aerosmith singing the song as as clips play, kind of, but it's like they're telling the story of he's in the launch bay for yeah. some reason. And yeah. 
That's... Well, and, and they did a good job with it too, because like even it could have just been a weak ass like just playing it, but they basically were like, we're gonna have a, the lift off of a shuttle. At least there was a narrative yes. structure to the to the music video, and then we followed it through. So when we were doing, you know, the classic Aerosmith, you know, sort of chorus toward the end where he's like doing his falsetto to the fucking moon. <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember. That was bad. Terrible. Hopefully that transpired. Yeah, it definitely did right there. Uh, yeah, when he goes into that world, um, the the spaceship was lifting off, and yeah. they were like having dirt like fly in the face of Joe Perry and and everyone. It was yeah. it, it was worked really great. well. They did a good job cutting the clips in that they did use. Uh, I forgot how scary Stephen Tyler's mouth is. Well, Liv Tyler and Stephen Tyler. Yeah. So know. the best thing is in the movie. <laughs> the best thing is the best thing. For you. Uh, Liv Tyler's father, Bruce Willis, as we know in real life, uh, he goes up in the spaceship and dies, right? Well, that's not what happens. They go on the, the asteroid. It's... They have to, He dies. Anyway, so in the movie, her dad, played by Bruce Willis, she sees him die, basically. Well, she doesn't see him die, but there's a dramatic moment and she touches the screen, which we do see in the video. We had Skype on the moon at that point. Right, exactly. So she's Skype calling and finds out her dad's dying. And then instead, we have her real-life dad, Steven Tyler, on the screen. And I was like, that was fucking perfect. That was really cute. Yes. For, that is definitely the least gross version of anything he's ever done with his daughter. <laughs> Uh, we talked about Lose Yourself a little bit before in that we don't want to be fooled by it. This was a classic Eminem song. It, it had clips from the movie, but it was also very heavy on him standing at 8 Mile, a trailer park with the 8 Mile sign behind him. Real simple music video, and I kind of appreciated it. Just an easy video. Yeah. Set in the dark. Just Eminem doing Eminem stuff. Um, I kind of forgot a lot about the song, but once you hear the chorus... It's a goddamn banger. It's a goddamn banger of a song, and it's a gr- it's a great song. I gotta, I I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, that's fine. So you don't want to lose yourself in the moment you own it. You gotta never let it go. Go only one shot. Not miss your chance, chance to blow. blow. This opportunity, opportunity comes, comes once in, in a lifetime. lifetime. You better. <laughs> I mean, it's just a great chorus. I I don't know. It's such a part of my like childhood. You know, you're just like okay. I never saw a mile. Amal's actually, I liked it. Yeah. It was a good movie, yeah. It's got all of D12 in it. It's got Brittany Murphy in it, which is wild oh, to see shit. her in there. Seeing Brittany Murphy again is weird. Yeah. Because it's it's wild that she's been dead now for a long time. She was such a staple of early that era, everything for the movies we were watching as kids. So that's a, that's a wild thing. So this is, it's tough because Men in Black, I don't know if we count. Do you count? Okay, we can count Men in Black in here, Men but Black. I don't count Wild Wild West. No, no, I count Men in Black as this because there were plenty of clips, lots of clips. So Men in Black, from the movie Men in Black, by Will Smith, who's in the movie Men in Black. Yes. Uh, it's, it's this is the most on the nose song. I feel like. Well, even I guess Wild Wild yeah, West. Dude. If you don't have to mention Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West is different. Well, no, no, but I'm just saying, like for the song title, like this song oh. is the most on the nose song. It's the song is called the same thing well, as the you movie. Wrote it because I that. know, but like, so did other people. They wrote songs for movies, and they weren't called the name Are of the we fucking pretend movie. That Will Smith is like creative. I know that's why it? I just I'm having yeah. this moment right now in real time. Like, <laughs> this dude's kind of hack. So I I couldn't remember. I've seen Men in Black a lot, but I couldn't remember if any of the Tommy Davidson uh, clip was that. Those weren't Tommy in the movie. Davidson? Is that not his name? Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Who 
Who's Tommy Davidson? Is that the trash bucket from... Tommy Davidson? I actually don't know Tommy Davidson. Did I just make that name up? Who's the one from uh, Motley Crue? Who is Tommy Davidson? Tommy Davidson is an American actor. He's known he's on, in Living Color. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. I, I see I see why you mix him up with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, sense. yeah, he did. <laughs> God, who did he play in, in Living Color? He did a, guy, a character that had a cross eyes all the time. So Tommy Lee Jones, I can't tell if... He's in this video for a second, right? Because like I... He's in it... I, whoa, I... I, I thought it was just in a clip. I mean, if no, he showed up in real so. life, okay. I, I, I believe the very beginning of this video is just for the video because mm. I don't remember. Unless it's the very, very end of the movie when they're talking about, like, we're the ones that you don't want to call or whatever. Ghostbusters. <laughs> the opposite of that. Anyway, yeah, the CG alien that's in the actual movie done way better. The budge version yeah, for this video is inexcusable. But yeah, it was just... Will Smith choreo and it was, it was fine, but it didn't you know the chorus. Here comes the men in black. Men in black. Galaxy defenders. So my little anecdote about this is when we were in Budapest, we went to a circus because it was like twelve bucks. I think it was even cheaper than that. And during one of the performers, uh, they were doing like the trapeze. Yeah. And for some reason, they did a Men in Black skit. It was a guy wearing weird little antennas playing the Men in Black song and evading people on the trampoline and the trapeze. And That's I fun. just was like the most bizarre. I was like, 20, Will Smith is not seeing one. It's 2016. <laughs> what are we fucking doing? Will Budapest. He's not getting paid. We're in Hungary. What are we doing? This is a circus for 12 year olds. And you should have called Columbia Records. Or I fucking should have. They played the whole goddamn yeah, song. They did. <laughs> you should also call Columbia Records on our podcast. Oh. Vindicated, Dashboard Confessional, <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Yeah, this one at least had a comic book theme, which I appreciated. And, you know, it looked it looked good. Uh, it was, uh, the song is very Dashboardian. It's very Dashboard post, uh, unplugged post um, his Swiss Army Knife, you know, album and EP and all that kind of stuff. So he's sort of branching out. He's starting to play with a full band, which of course is verboten. You're not allowed to do anything like that. Uh, I had fallen off the dashboard train at this point. Um, I never for whatever. Up. Yeah, I mean, I was. I, you almost had to. You know? I mean, I hurt, but I never like. I never had an album. A lot of his songs, I could probably still honestly sing if you were to just play them. You know, um, but no, this song was not very. It's not very good. I never really listened to it. I don't think it's great. But but it does exactly what uh, I think a good music video movie will do, which is it opened up Spider Man Two. And the comic book opens up on a desk and we're in a comic book. And we get all these great little shots of everybody, you know, playing their instruments and singing. And we also get shots of the we also get shots of the movie intermixed with that. I, I think that it's the best of both worlds. However, however, it does do the one cliche and trope that I hate in all music videos, which is a band, in this case, it was raining, and they get out of the rain, walk into a studio or practice space that is way too big to actually be a space that you could play in comfortably without it sounding like shit. So in this case, they go to play in a warehouse, which would sound like garbage. <laughs> and they're walking up as a song is already playing. So it's not pre music video starting or whatever. They're walking in. The song has already started playing and the band is just walking up 
drummer's getting behind his drum set, uh, Chris Carava's grabbing his guitar and everything like that, and the song is already going, and then right as the lyrics start, it, it's a hard jump cut to Chris Caraba already singing, playing. <laughs> and it's weird. I had a really visceral moment watching this because I, it's weird because all so many music videos for bands like this do that shit where they're just like, we're just going to go to a practice space and play. But nobody's thought about like, you kind of have to like pick up your instruments yeah. and like sound check a little bit and then you start playing. Weird. But we're just like already playing the song and now you just have to go. And the moment thing. the lyrics start are always like, Jump cut right to the lyric. Everyone's just playing normally. <laughs> so this was a hard cut, in my opinion, and it threw me instantly, like, whoo, for a loop out, out of the fucking song. I'm surprised you're, you're, you don't think this one is heavily the same as, like, the Queen thing. Without the framing of the comic book, it's basically just a live performance with scenes of the movie. Correct, but the framing of the comic book is enough. It adds a little edge, that's for sure. It, it adds enough to make it to make it legitimately it's no and it also does a weird me. interview right before oh, where Chris Carava okay. says I watched the movie and I wrote the song for the movie he basically explains why he did it so if we had Queen saying uh, this Wembley Stadium performance is for you Highlander all would be forgiven they would be fine <laughs> but he went out there to do it for himself not for a fucking movie he undoubtedly never saw Mission Impossible 2? That's the name of the song? It is, by Limp Bizkit. Oh, it's a Mission Impossible 2 theme. I'm pretty sure this ended up on their third album. It is actually the song. Like, it is, like, Mm -hmm. the song. Yeah. Just in their shitty, shitty new metal rock. Yeah. And this one, I feel like, there are clips, but they're very, very thin. It's mostly a narrative about them doing some stupid plan of things exploding. Yeah, it's like uh, the four people are walking in with a briefcase, and one of them has the codes you want, and at the very end, they call and say... Oh, Fred, sorry, those were all decoys. Cool. And then Fred got fired from his job as a cook. <laughs> and it's literally the entire thing. Uh, but, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't as, like, horrible as I thought it would be. And the song was f- almost fine. Because there was a structure behind it. it. It didn't go off the rails. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, I... Definitely remember hearing this song on the album, and I didn't hate it. But and I, I also remember, didn't hate any of it at the time. So. <laughs> true, true. But even the rock version of dun 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 dun. dun, dun yeah. uh, I think it begs for something like that. Unfortunately, it's it's Limp Bizkit that does it. But Limp Bizkit, for even being as shitty of a band as they are, and there's no doubt about that, and we have unfortunately covered that aspect on this podcast before, which hopefully you will never be able to find. I don't even know if I even mentioned it, but it is on there somewhere in our deep shame archives. Uh, it sounded great. Like that, you want like professional musicians doing that. And they're professional musicians for what it's worth. I mean, West Portland is for sure. Yeah, and and it was it sounded really good. And it sounded hard. It sounded the right amount of hard where you could understand it. And it was good. But around it is Limp Biscuit, And that's just like a deal breaker for most people and for myself. And finally, the I think uh, one of the, one of my, one of my favorite songs, one of the cutest fucking songs and, and videos of, the, of all time, and a great video. Yeah. Everything is awesome by Tegan and Sarah Featuring with the Lonely, Lonley Island, Island. Yeah. Uh, which is the best of both worlds. Uh, <laughs> for a long time, I didn't know Tegan and Sarah actually did the song. I didn't. Yeah, um, I saw the. I love this movie. I actually saw it when I that came to the second round theaters because I took the kids. I was babysitting at the time to go see it, and it was. It's so it's so good. The I video. Think we all watched it too. I think we like. Oh, I definitely watched it after that, too. Yeah. yeah. 
it's so fun. It's so funny. It's funny. And Chris Pratt is the, the main character. And mm-hmm. it's just like every celebrity in the world is yeah. in that movie. It's really great. Um, yeah, Will Arnett plays the Lego Batman. And, then, like, and they've gone off the rails Dead Barrett. <laughs> and apparently it's like gotten too much. There's oh, I'm too sure. many Lego Batman. It has his own movie. Well, Lego Batman one. came first, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but now there's like... There's t- way, way, way too many. Uh, but this song is adorable. The video is super is cute. Great, right? There's okay. Tiny Tegan and Sarah Lego people <laughs> on sticks. And then what's really cute is it's like kids' creations. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so fun. It's just people playing with Legos interspersed with a lot of the clips. But I feel like this one is special and doesn't go into that just clips of the movie because it's, it's so fun. It does do clips, but it's almost, there's no other, like, it's fine. And Lego versions of the Lonely Island, and they have their little microphones and stuff. It's so fun. And the, their rap is classic. Yeah. Have you heard the news? Everyone's talking. Life is good because everything's awesome. Lost my job. That's a new opportunity. More free time for my awesome community. I feel more awesome than an awesome possum. Dip my body in chocolate frosting. Three years later, I shot the frosting. Smelling like a blossom. Everything is awesome. Steps in mud, got new brown shoes. Awesome to win and it's awesome to lose. Awesome to lose. Awesome to lose. Awesome to lose. So, Kelly, to move on to the next... The next spot, we're talking about stories. I called it stories within a story, essentially. You're telling your own story, but based on a movie that you have. Um, so I started it with with one that I don't know if I would have watched it if it weren't for your insistence, which is Bat Dance and Party Man. Oh my God. So these are, these are the quintessential songs that you can't watch without knowing that there's a movie involved, but they don't hearken to a movie in a way that's like really like uh obstructs your enjoyment yeah like it doesn't matter that you've seen the movie or not but it make it doesn't make any sense unless you know it's based on a movie yeah and the older it gets to i think that's good and i think the older it gets it raises more questions but the questions only make you enjoy it more and i think bat dance and party man are for you and me we've talked about this all week Uh, it's we don't i don't understand why it exists i don't understand how bat dance could be a number one song when bob dylan has had one number one hit in 50 60 years this song is insane and avant-garde and the video is crazed party man is the same kelly what what did you think what can you can you put this together for me at all this these two songs um by prince Bad Dance and Party Man were for 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton, I believe, was Batman at that time. Because he did the first two. And then it went to Val Kilmer. And then it went to George Clooney. Yeah. So um, it's... Bad Dance is amazing. It's just Prince in half... Uh, is it Victor Victoria? Is that a thing? I don't know. He looks like a drag king that's doing... I'm half a lady and half not a lady on this side. Anyway. Well, in Party Man, he doesn't have the Batman side. He doesn't, but he does have half a face. Well, he has his face, apparently. Yes. I mean, who knows what Prince is canon-wise in this world. Right. But it's like a Prince face on Party Man, which is fun, and then it's Batman halfway through on, half on, uh, what is it? Bat Dance. Yeah, Bat Dance. So he's half Batman, half Joker. Um, and it, he looks fucking flawless. It's really so weird. There's a, there's a squad of Batman dancers, a squad of Joker dancers. Uh, halfway Vail through the video, dancers. we get Vicky Vale dancers. It's Which both... was way sexier than I thought it was going to be. I know. I was watching at work, and I'm like, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> even, even listening to Prince, like, singing, I was like, whoa, 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 well, whoa, Well, the second it starts, and, I, like, when you see the not Prince in the suit with the Joker man, Joker man, the Joker and Batman. Yeah, I thought he said Joker man a couple of times. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, when he's being, like, cool lady Prince doing the, mm-hmm. um, the... It looks like a Nine Inch Nails video for a second. It's just like this cute goth girl who's playing the synths and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was, oh, I didn't know actually until halfway through that it was, that him. was Prince. Yeah. yeah. Was I thought it was great. just a third party. So the song is fucking bizarre. It's seven minutes long and it's just weird industrial noise basically uh, with clips dialogue from the movie in it. And how this was a number one and song. And not even from that, know. Batman from the 1960s. The Adam West Oh, movie. right. Okay. Batman. Yeah. I mean, that was all. That wasn't this movie. Yeah. That's harkening But back a lot of it was uh, quotes from Jack Nicholson, too. <laughs> so apparently this was also, this was at least seven songs, some of them unreleased, that were smashed together for Bat Dance. Uh, 200 Balloons, We Get the Power, House in Order, a song called Rave Unto the Fantastic, which was later released on an album, I think, from like the early 2000s, Rave Unto, that's UN number two, The Joy Fantastic. A song called "The Future" and "The Electric Chair." So you can he- these songs do exist. The electric chair in features in that. The, it does. That dance. Yeah. So these are all, and you can tell. In a weird way, it all seems to fit, and I think that's the Prince sort of effervescence factor. Because it's so disparate. Because they're so disparate. Yeah. And I think in a di- in different hands or without a Batman, Batman the movie being what what brings them all together. This sucks. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's, it's weird. It, it's bananas. And then um But Prince makes it listen. like a weird party it's literally they're at a weird party and they're drinking lady water women in aquariums which is classic yeah classic i'm glad i'm glad the 80s can show the reality of ladies <laughs> in aquariums <laughs> so watch them both it's i mean especially bad dance it is absolutely worth the ride you know honestly i would say start with party man and well that one's more uh, because like, it's crazy attainable. though too when he holds up like the, the the tray and like splashes the light and is like mm. no photographs yeah. yeah and they just run away it's all very it's very cinematic and it's very beautiful like all of the old timey uh photographers come in and there's like that one's oh, really like, oh, definitely sh- more accessible um, i agree bad dance is way more avant-garde which is again why 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 was that popular but i think the beginning and the end of even party man are, are they're weird, like ladies oh, in the aquarium. Oh, weird. Ladies in the aquarium being one thing, it's very danceable and singable. But like, what bookends the two of them is bizarre. It's just a bizarre performance altogether. And that with Bat Dance, holy fuck, Bat Dance is almost you cannot get your head around. And the fact that Bat Bat Dance was a number one song in America, 
And Party Man, a more accessible song, was number 18. What is wrong with the? What is wrong with 1989? You know what? I'm I'm actually here for it. We're all in mass. Like, yeah, we're into it. And this brings us obviously to Wild Wild West. This is really interesting. So again, Will Smith was in the movie, and I think that you have an edge uh, if you're in the movie. If you want to, you can make it a whole new story, and it still be tied in no matter what because you were in the fucking movie. Yeah. But this um, was unique. There was no clips at all. No, not a single clip to be found. It was, was just Kevin a... Klein in this, or Selma Hayek. Oh, okay. Now I, I think okay. So that's why I'm confused. Oh, so okay. I've only seen Wild Wild West once, okay. um, and it was a long time ago. And Selma Hayek definitely is in the movie, and I can't tell if she's in, like she's in this music video, but I don't know if it's a clip from the movie or they shot it. And Kevin Klein is yeah, in it. I know, I know. So they're I both in it. In the music I don't video. know if it's a clip. And you know what? At some point, it doesn't matter because it's so seamlessly integrated that it might as if it's in the movie or not, it doesn't matter because this is a beast of its own. Like this is just a cool, again, like six or seven minute, three act, beautiful costumes. Like if you want to blame anybody for the steampunk movement, it's that fucking movie. <laughs> and Will Smith was a part of it. Cisco was in this video. It's ah. like super homoerotic. I didn't realize how fucking gay Cisco was because oh my god, he's literally wearing chaps and leather. And, and the thong song is obviously an over. Oh yeah, we're gonna overcompensate, overcompensate just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the thong, the thong, thong, thong. Oh my god, why? Stevie Wonder. It's just like everything. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's they a, did a lot. Yeah, it's and fun. the songs, whatever. And then we definitely had our choreo the song moment. Is so much, it's a moment. Yeah. Time. So it was. It was cool. And just to close out with this, we've got two two more categories really quick. We'll just go through them really fast. We've got in the movie category, which kind of transcends the rest, and maybe you could even throw out in a way, mm-hmm. which are the videos that aren't so much videos as much as they're just part of the movie. Right. And have yeah, since so this is after been videos. Bands that perform within the movie and then kind of turn that into a music video by itself. Yeah. Or even maybe they don't even do that, but there are bands that perform in the movie and therefore it exists, a video clip of them performing. Yeah. And so we we definitely said, okay, the nineties was a glut of this, we are not gonna deal with the music videos on top of this. I've only got three okay. on here. Um I've got Queen of the Night, Whitney Houston, the bodyguard. Right. Which I originally thought was just totally not. I The Bodyguard, I've never for seen me, it. Yeah. completely a different movie than what I was thinking it was. <laughs> so apparently this, we don't know. I guess we have not confirmed it. If you know, let us know. But I'm, I'm thinking you're right. It's It's got to be a part of the whole Basically movie. the performance that she makes in the movie. Or a truncated one maybe in the movie, but like definitely filmed on right. the same vibe. Uh, I also have Howard the Duck. Yep. We need to watch that movie. God. I definitely watched this a bunch of times when I was a kid, which is really weird because I'm kind of afraid of puppets, although I know it was played by a little person and not a puppet, but it still has the animatronic face and movements and stuff. It's fucking bonkers. I don't know how I watched this as a kid so many times as I did, but I really want well, to watch it again. Well, that's what's going for life. And then It's Hard Out There, It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp by 3-6 Mafia. Won an Academy Award as well. And then finally, what we're here for, which is Things Have Changed. That song is essentially Bob Dylan being placed in events in the movie but we see Bob Dylan as a part of it even though he's not actually a part of it well one other video that we know of does it and I think it's the only video that I know of as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone but I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying and chalk. 
I really hate the trip, but I gotta lope. As they cope, I see myself in the pistol smoke. Fool, I'm the kind of G the little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the streetlight. Right. It's off of the Dangerous Minds soundtrack. Also, Dangerous Minds was also a Julio album that he released. He was really cashing in on this thing. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting category that I can't... There's got to be more music videos. This is the one that we desperately need to We need fill. more information because this is weird for us because we went into this, I think, thinking that we were going to see a lot more like Bob Dylan's. But Coolio is the only one that fits the bill, which is a music video that features people, if you will, from the video. He is almost in. Well, they've the inserted movie, themselves into the movie. Into the movie. Either in a way that they've invited the actors onto the music video, or somehow seamlessly integrated themselves into the scene. Uh, either way, Coolio is now in Dangerous Minds. Whether or not he was in that movie, I don't know because I've never seen it. But when uh, you like in Michelle Pfeiffer's face. You were part of Michelle Pfeiffer's life, is how I feel. <laughs> exactly. And I, it's a, I mean, it's a great song. Who doesn't know every word of the song? Oh, my God. Who doesn't know every word of the song? So this was a Pastime Paradise uh, sampled from Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder said no cursing. He wouldn't allow it. Oh, that's why there's no cussing in the yeah. song. And, uh, and, and so Coolio was like, my original version had cursing. And Stevie was like, nah. And he was like, all right. So he took it out. And he said it's, it was better for it. And I think it's true. I think the song is powerful because it, not that it doesn't have that. I don't really care about that. I'm not some Puritan, but it is interesting. It, it's good. I think it all really, it really works, especially from other Coolio songs that I've listened to. Wait, it might have lent itself to its popularity too, because now you can play this on every radio station true. at any time of the day. Any time of the day. Yeah. I think it also mirrors um, a song that we've talked about a lot in our playlist, Changes by Tupac. Mm-hmm. Uh mainly in its entire its indictment because even at the end um at the end of changes uh tupac at the end says some things will never change and it's almost saying everything i've just described to you will never change and i think that's the message of gangster's paradise too oh yeah Uh, in the end it's this is the way it is and nothing's gonna change and in some ways he's he's wrong but some ways he's undoubtedly correct and and so is tupac and I think that's a, a, the dour message that you get from it is powerful, if not infuriating at the same time. And I think that's what also lends to its uh, relevance even to this day, is that we still live in a, in a country that doesn't prioritize education and uh, role models that aren't, you know, celebrities. So yeah. It's really interesting because this does use clips from the video, the movie. It does. But the way it's integrated. But it's it's, I mean, it's hard to even talk about without saying he is like yelling at Michelle Pfeiffer the whole time. And it's amazing. And Michelle Pfeiffer is 100% there. Now, I I tried to look up a lot more about this, but there's not a whole lot of info. But there's no, there is no part of the movie that Michelle Pfeiffer is given like that much emotion just on a black screen. Like she's there. <laughs> she's there for the video. Sitting in that. I gotta believe. Screen? I mean, otherwise, man, you're doing some stuff I don't even know. You're on a different planet. But it was powerful. I thought it was really great when he's almost like indicting through Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, the the education system and just what was going on in the world in 1995, you know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's also famous for uh, Weird Al's parody of it, Amish Paradise. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was famous mainly because Coolio was pissed about it. And uh, Weird Al was sorry by how he went about it. And he changed his policy at that moment from getting okays from agents and representatives and 
you know, people just like tangentially related to the song to directly to the artists because he did not get Coolio's okay. Right, you got the labels. Yeah, the labels okay, essentially. So he now was like, I'll never do that again uh, because Coolio was not happy and I didn't want him to not be happy. My whole point is to to make fun of it in a different way, you know, an educational way, especially Amish Paradise, which is a classic Weird Al song. Mm -hmm. And it's a great song. Um, But I, I see why Coolio would be upset if he didn't sign off on it. And it was too late before he found out. But but years later, Coolio said, he's cool. I apologize to Weird Al for any of my shit that I gave him. And we're all good. Well, that's good. So it's a happy ending in the end, Kelly. <laughs> so Kelly, Wonder Boys. It's a movie. Wonder Boys. You've never seen it. I've never seen it. Nope. You know what it's about? We have not seen the movie. The movie is about a novelist, Michael Douglas, who can't finish his second novel, who, who hasn't been there. Uh, and is shot in and around Pittsburgh, just uh, Pittsburgh and, and all around Pennsylvania. Yet, in the end, it still cost them a hundred. It still cost them fifty-five million dollars to make. Holy shit! They got about thirty-something million back. Mm. Okay. And it's a, and it's a movie about a novelist who can't write his second novel. <laughs> How so did it was a spend so much it, money. It was an enormous flop. Uh, however, it, it is still an eighty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So it's one of those movies that's like, if it was just an indie movie. It would be, if it was made today, it would just be an indie movie. A Michael Douglas could perhaps star on it, but he probably took home a handsome ass paycheck that he probably would not demand on, you know, if he were doing it today, you know, when he's doing it for the love of the game and less so to like maybe try to cash in on, I mean, American Beauty was around this time, you know, sort of things that were, you know, sort of arty projects, but were. He wasn't in American Beauty. No, I'm saying American Beauty existed. I mean, it's a, oh. sort of an arty, oh, gotcha, an arty gotcha, movie gotcha, exactly. that made a lot of move, a lot of money. Right, right. And so I think that's kind of what was going on there. Uh, so I was like, what the fuck else was playing on February 23rd, 2000, that you could go to a movie theater and watch? Oh, yeah. Now, that's a little bit hard. This was actually the only major studio movie to come out on February 23rd, which you think would be a great sign. However, the weeks surrounding the weeks before you could have gone to see movies like Scream 3. Uh, and I did in the theater. So you could have gone to see Wonder Boys. No, I didn't. You, do that. I, don't think I made you the were, right fucking choice. Let me tell you. Yeah. You could have gone to see The Beach. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. I did not see that. I've, I've, I've seen, no, I saw that before. Times. Boiler Room. I don't know what that is. I, it's like a, I think it's like a horror movie. Hmm. You could see a movie called The Whole Nine Yards. That's uh, a big I've seen one. that a million times too. And you could see a movie that we incidentally talked about called Pitch Black. No shit. That came out, I think, a little bit right after this. Did I see that in the theater too? I think I, I did. I did not. I saw Man, that. Man, I was doing some shit when I was 12. Good for you. That was great. Coming soon, though, which would overshadow, and this will be important in a moment, uh, Ranger Games, Mission to Mars, Aaron Brockovich came out this year. Final Destination 1. That's right. The first one. <laughs> High Fidelity. Man, I love that movie. The Skulls. Did you ever watch that one? With, uh, Man, what's his name? Uh, Joshua Philippi? Jackson. Damn it. Okay. Almost. Joshua Jackson. <laughs> yeah, same one. And same Paul thing. Walker. Right, right. And it was like Skull and Bones, you know? Right, yeah. It was like uh, a weird Herbert-y thing. Yes. Right, fucking weird. I only say that because they tried to re-release the... Once it got it got nominated for three Academy Awards, as these movies do, you know they're great Wonder movies Boys? and they're well done. Wonder Boys, okay, and uh, but they were like, we why didn't we make any money? And I gotta say, they're not wrong in blaming the poster. 
<laughs> what does the poster look like? Oh no! Oh no! That's the poster. This it's is real. horrible. If you've never seen the poster, just go to the Wikipedia page or, or type in "poster Wonder Boys." So that's Michael Douglas. That's like, the Mrs. Doubtfire poster. Right. So okay, uh, Kenneth. Turin from the LA Times said the film's ad poster brings Elmer Fudd to mind. It does. It's uh, pretty pretty great. Uh, it's ho- it's horrible. It doesn't make you want to watch the movie. So they definitely like piled on the poster as being a problem. But obviously, this fifty five million dollars, right? This is not a poster related problem, right? I mean. I have not seen the movie. I don't know anything about it. I didn't even look at the fucking poster. That was a shock, and I'm glad I did not look at it before now. I'm keeping it up for the night. <laughs> the only thing that I can think they spent the money on, and again, this is just based on the video, the little people in it, Robert Downey Jr., Clean Shaven, Tobey Maguire, also Clean Shaven. God, what a little troll. Katie Holmes. Clean Shaven. Clean Shaven. And, and Michael Douglas, Clean Shaven. Those, I mean, Bob Dylan, Clean Shaven. <laughs> these people are having a moment during this time. Katie uh-huh. Holmes will never be as relevant again, no. and Tobey Maguire too. You can argue the same thing. Robert Downey Jr. Clearly, well, Tobey's had... gonna have his Spider Man, right? But that ends in two thousand four, two thousand six. True, true. And Michael or... Douglas has had his moment. Clinton Highland says about the video, "quote Perhaps it was a seven year writing block that the lead character, college professor, beautifully played by Michael Douglas." appears to be suffering which drew Dylan to the script. Or maybe he just realized it is one of Hollywood's more adult attempts to tell an affirmative story dealing with the kind of real emotions and tangled lives found in his own songs. Certainly the way that the promo video intercuts Dylan and Douglas mouthing the lines of the memorable chorus makes the movie motif out of what might have just been another Dylan-esque rant at the world going to hell in a handbasket. I love this video. It, so so he's Michael Douglas. It, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So every well, and I think that they sort of made that clear. There was a lot of people that thought Dylan was actually in the movie in the end. Oh no! Yeah. But every time, like Douglas, um, like when Katie Holmes like went for his hand or whatever, and then like he took a hand and stood up, it was Michael Douglas. Right. Yeah. Michael Douglas was with Tobey Maguire at the, in the diner. diner. Yeah. So I think every moment was basically, the and then yeah. at the end, he was Michael Douglas. Douglas was Dylan singing right. it. It was the same thing. So I don't know why anybody got confused yeah. about that. I felt like that was pretty clear. Even the very, like, he's looking in the mirror and staring back at him is Michael Douglas. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and right, right away when yeah. he's driving the car, Michael he Douglas the becomes the driver. Absolutely. Yeah. So I found, uh, and I want to know what you think about this, because we saw Joker Man. Uh, we saw, obviously, the insane whatever the fuck we uh. watch with that connection. But Bob Dylan in this is not, he's not the worst thing on God's Green Earth, but his vocal, his delivery of, like, is insane. It's better than the Joker Man than Joker Man and Tight Connection. Not saying much. Were you laughing? No. I laughed at first. I, I mean, I guess. I just I cringe a little. I, yeah, because right when they're in the car for the first worried time, he's like, man in a worried mind. And then he gets like, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. He was really emotive, I gotta yeah. say. Like, which I, I also found charming. I, I wonder found if it maybe he, those were the notes he took from. He's like, okay, I've done this before. And everybody thought, oh, there's music videos in between fish. us, I gotta say. So we will get to that. I just can't wait to. I just wanna watch Let's. Uh, must be Santa again. Cause that was the best one. That was the best one. I think Must Be Santa as a culmination of all of his learning. I, this one is very unique. I found I found it charming. I found his. It was okay. Again, it was less offensive by far than Joker Man or Tight Connection My Heart. 
I found it interesting for him to sort of take on moments in the movie without giving the movie away. Mm-hmm. It's not just a clip show. It's essentially picking three clips, if you will, the uh, the diner scene, the car scene, and the uh, club. club scene. Yeah. And we just throw Dylan up in it. And we have Dylan singing and hanging out outside of the... Uh, well, that's why it's in that special category where it's like this is flawlessly integrated. It is. To where you don't know, was Bob Dylan in the movie? And it's a valid question to ask if you wasn't very clearly it's Michael Douglas. Yeah. Um, but the way they do it, it comes off really well. It does. Again, I think because of Dylan, he's not a good actor. That's the problem. And it's But I find it charming. I find it very <laughs> funny when like Katie Holmes is obviously doing her best to like give sexy eyes to Michael Douglas or Tobey Maguire, whoever it is, because I have not seen the movie. And Bob is just like, we instead of getting Michael Douglas sort of like giving him, giving Katie Holmes like steamy eyes, we get Bob Dylan just being like, oh, oh me? Oh, me? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And it, it makes me, it makes me very happy because it didn't, it didn't go out of its way to like make itself so serious. I, and I will point to the very end of this entire thing to... To the point where I didn't know if they were trying to be serious until the end, when I realized they're not taking themselves seriously. This is a He's joke. He's a fucking cheeseburger. <laughs> he, well, but that's Bob Dylan. He is a Bob Dylan is a cheeseburger, but it's <laughs> but it's how it's how they frame it, right? Like you can Bob can be serious. Like Joker Man's a semi. It's a serious song, but I feel like they also like made him the moon for a reason. Because it's silly. Like, you got to bring it down to a level. And so Bob Dylan, I feel like if you watch the whole, if you watch the whole video, you might think, oh, this is kind of like, it's kind of a serious video. It's just sort of like he's taking on Michael Douglas's role. But like at the very end, you get Michael Douglas holding the guitar over his shoulder and he's singing the you know final chorus. Yeah. You know, things have changed. And he turns around at the end of the song and he walks away. And it's a perfect moment to fade to black, right? I mean, it's perfect. The song is over. He's leaving. Instead, we hard cut to Bob Dylan outside of the diner eating a sandwich. <laughs> and then we fade. And that was the moment I was like, oh, shit. I just got played. He's hamming it up. Okay, that makes me feel a And like I like it. I liked his ham. I mean, you could almost say that maybe it was another level deeper. And he was supposed to be somebody. He would want you to think reacting to being another person like i'm not a, i'm actually john malkoviching this bitch and i'm inside michael douglas and no one knows that i'm inside michael douglas that's the internet talking right now saying that <laughs> there's a layer deeper and that i'm stupid and i don't understand because bob dylan would never ham or have fun with anything it's always more serious than that that so michael douglas was in this music video that's another point to it being so seamless like mm-hmm. oh yeah was he there the whole time or was it just the end scene maybe that's gonna happen but but i think it lends to this being like a little movie in and of itself which is pretty nice and a movie within a movie and it does make you kind of want to watch the wonder boy i do actually want to yeah. watch this movie yeah. um yeah so at some point we'll definitely do that standing on the gallows my head in the dew. Kelly, we also watched 
his Oscar performance. Now, this took place on March 25th, 2001 in Australia. Live via satellite. Live via satellite. Hosted by Steve Martin. Hosted by Steve Martin. We're going to get to that in a minute. But the night's big winners, just so we're all on the same page. Best Picture went to Gladiator. Best Director went to Steven Soderbergh for Traffic. Have you ever watched Traffic? No. Best Actor, Russell Crowe for Gladiator. Best Actress, Julie Roberts for Aaron Brockovich. Supporting Actor, Benicio Del Toro for Traffic. Oh, maybe I did see that. Traffic's dope. That's a great movie. Best Supporting Actress was someone that I've never heard of before. Marsha Gay Harden Mm. in a movie called Pollock. I know that name for sure. Best Original Screenplay was Almost Famous by Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe has a Dylan connection. I like that movie. It's a great movie. And uh, Best Adaptation, which is from an existing piece of IP, if you will. Uh, Traffic One uh, is based on a, on a book, uh, although Wonder Boys was nominated in that category as well. And the Best Foreign Movie, Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Best Original Song. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll play one of the nominees. I got it all, man. His name is Bob Dylan, and he wrote a little song called <laughs> Things Have Changed. So, Kelly, we watched his Oscar performance in 2001. I wish he would have... <laughs> performed in the music video the way that he did with this song because he looks like a normal fucking person singing the song. One thing we didn't talk about in the music video, sorry, is that he does do... What I always do when I play acoustic guitar is that I get on the ground and I kneel. Right. And I play acoustic. So You prop the guitar up on one knee, you have the other knee on the ground. Correct. So when Mm -hmm. Bob wasn't doing that playing it live, I'm wondering... I thought that's what normal people do when they play acoustic. It's... It's like he's saying the opposite, that people just normally play it by stringing it to their shoulders and playing it at their chest level and not on the ground. Yeah. And I don't know, that's not the way you play guitar. Yeah, so it was weird that that wasn't That was moment. weird. Uh, I liked it. But it was weird to like paint over the audience because some of them looked super bored. But then other people were super into it, and Harris dug it. And I was like... All right, cool. So I was going to bring good. that up. So I have a couple of deep thoughts on this. Number one... It is the pencil mustache. And, I love his little mustache. And I just had to say, we never look back from this moment. And it is jarring from the video we watch versus this, which is clean cut Dylan versus John pencil Waters mustache. mustache. And I love it. And it oh, good. You like it too. Like, oh, yeah. my God. It's so good. He needs a must. He needs something. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that with Infidels when we talked about Joker oh, Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like that You've scruffiness. He looks so good. And then you get him on fucking screen and he looks like a goddamn child. And it's terrible. <laughs> Number two, when Bob Dylan says, I'm locked in tight. I'm out of range. Do you think that the producer got a hard on when he basically did... When he's saying, I'm locked in tight, and he basically zoomed <laughs> all the way into his face. He must have. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, we're doing that. This is so good. Yeah, and he basically climaxed at that point. Because then he just stopped and was like, fuck it, whatever, we'll just go all over the place. Who gives a shit? Um, they skipped over verse two, as I mentioned on the show. If you haven't watched that, um, that's episode 61. So please retrace your steps there. But we did talk about how he... Uh, verse two is essentially just... A reiteration of the plot of Wonder Boys. So you could do without that. And the Academy could definitely do without that. On the third listen to this, honestly, the bass was what I noticed the most. I don't know how many times you, you listen to this. Only once, yeah. By the third time of me watching this, I could just hear a really great bass line. That was very different from uh, at least what I heard on on the, the recording. So that was pretty fun. And, um, and, and, I, and I also... Of all the people to be featured, 
Ed Harris. I know. Danny DeVito was in there eating celery, too. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So Ed Harris, uh, he was he was actually there for a reason, Kelly. He was nominated for Best Actor mm. in a movie called Pollock. Oh. He played Jackson Pollock, the painter. Oh. He also directed a movie called Pollock. <laughs> The very interestingly titled Pollock. Nice. So the fact that we saw Ed Harris, I mean, we know him today from of Westworld. Westworld fame. Of Westworld fame. <laughs> of uh, uh, Apollo 13 fame. Apollo 13 fame. Uh, what is it, Volcano? Sure. Right, isn't that the one where... Those are the only things I know him from. The Rock, I'm sorry. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, so anyways, we love the vi- we love this performance of it, is what we're trying to say. Yes. Uh, it's fantastic. So Bob Dylan was then confronted with a couple of obstacles in his way, right? He made this song. He was like, I like this song a lot. But other people made songs too. Nominees for Best Original Song include not only this guy named Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan. I don't really know how to say his name. Maybe Jennifer Lopez could sort it out. I I didn't hear her announce the nominees. That's not on YouTube, but hopefully she got it right. I'm not sure which is the right pronunciation. But I know I'll get the pronunciation of all the rest of these correct. Uh, the other nominees are A Fool in Love from Meet the Parents. Randy Newman. Randy Newman. You got this down. You're ready to go. Best known for Toy Story, I feel like. That's how uh, I oh, know. 100%. You absolutely. got a friend in me. And there is no video for that, so that was not on our fucking <laughs> list. Uh, another song called I've Seen It All from a movie called Dancer in the Dark. Lars music by von Trier. And music Bjork. by and starring Bjork. And she performed. All of these people performed uh, at the... At the um, Academy Awards. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that... You probably pull it up on YouTube, on oh, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I just watched the, the music video, quote-unquote, of it. Dress. I mean, it might be. Oh, it might be. Right. It probably fucking is the swan dress. Oh, my God. I didn't even put the two and two together. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 73rd Academy That's Awards. It. No shit. No shit. So Bjork wore her swan dress. Damn it. I didn't even think about this before recording. God it just came to me at the moment. Yeah. So the iconic swan dress. Yeah. Wow. You got to go back and watch, man. You got to watch I've Seen It All. Dance in the Dark. La- Lars von Trier. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's known for doing really fucked up movies. I've never actually watched this, but when I went to the Rock and Roll Museum in Iceland, which is basically the Bjork Museum, um, I mean, there's a lot of shit in there. It's also because Monsters like of the Men. and Rock and Roll. I mean, that's in Cleveland. Right? I mean, the... Hall it's, of Fame or whatever. No, yeah, the Hall of Fame. It's, it's, I think it's just called Iceland Museum of Rock I'm and sure. Roll. Yeah, because... <laughs> sorry, that I'm sure is very thorough. <laughs> I mean, it, it was cute. It was big enough. And... You just said it was the Bjork Museum. So. I mean, it is. <laughs> and Bjork, a rock and roller. Monsters of Men. And another band that I can't remember the name of. It was really probably really? Yeah, man. I mean, if Monsters of Men are big now... Yeah. I, They're in they, the museum, too. <laughs> But yeah, there's I like also, they've been a band for seven years and there's also I mean, it was it was cute because it was all Iceland has a lot of people. Like Iceland's got a lot, it, yeah. yeah, totally. There's well, like a weird rap group from there too, and well, what was the band? Um, Sigurós. Sv- Sv- uh, yeah, I fucking love Bjork, and I've never actually watched any of Lars von Trier's movies, but this definitely Dancer in the Dark was definitely like a little exhibit in the museum. Who, what what movies has he done? Fucked up movies. I Isn't that Melancholia? Probably. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. yes, I love Bjork. This song is whack, um, but I, I love her voice. I mean, Bjork is one of those iconic singers mm-hmm. that you can pick her out of. 
a fucking crowd for sure. I didn't take that away from her. We also had A Love Before Time, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Which was cheesy as fuck, but... Oh, you actually listen to all of these. Yeah. See, I didn't even listen to them. And then uh, from Emperor's New Groove, My Funny Friend and Me. This one was also terrible. By Sting. Yeah, I mean, I uh, the Tarzan soundtrack, which Phil Collins did, I fucking love that shit. Oh, okay. And this was even a bridge too far for me, so... No, thank you. So it was pretty. Uh, you're saying it's a weak field for Bob to win. It is. He I mean, York's really the the biggest contender, and even that just the because... swan dress immediately was like, we're not doing that. We're, <laughs> we're done. I think it's just because it it was. I don't know if the whole movie is a musical because again, I've never seen it, but it was it was a little too musical sing songy. Mm. Um, like the the other guy, I don't know if he's like a main character in the movie, but he's he's in Armageddon to tie it all together. Hey, um, he's the Russian guy in Armageddon. Well, I think that gets to a point where it's not like it's it's too movie ish. Whereas Bob right, Dylan exactly. is probably mm-hmm. the one that stands out the most. And so, spoiler alert: Bob Dylan won the award. He fucking did. And the Oscar goes to. Bob Dylan, but things have changed from Wonder Boys. Jennifer Lopez announced the win. And Bob looked actually shocked. Bob looked shocked. And Bob was like effervescent. He was so happy. Happy. And I got to say, before we even get to Bob's speech, the orchestral version of Things Have Changed oh, that that play play yeah. was brilliant. Was cool. I felt like we were in like a Game of Thrones moment where like, you know, Tony Garnier in the background is just going to like, you know, Phil Collins sends his regard and like stabs <laughs> Bob Dylan through the stomach. You know, I thought that was what was going to happen. But Bob Dylan's speech was, like, earnest mm-hmm. and really nice. I know. Especially for someone who had been so closed before and will close down again. He, he will not be as the, as open as here. I don't know what it was about this moment. I think if we believe that he almost died in 97, which is a big storyline for Time Out of Mind, maybe that's a little bit of it. You know, he's just happy to be alive and happy to be recognized, I guess. But he's been recognized before, so I'm not... I don't really, I don't really know how to follow this thread, but I thought it was really, I thought it was really nice. Uh, and I want to thank the members of the academy who, who um, were bold enough to, uh, to to give me this award for this song, which uh, obviously a, a, a song that doesn't pussyfoot around or turn a blind eye to human nature. And um, God bless you all with peace, tranquility, and goodwill. Thanks. I was stoked that he seemed really happy and was like, thank you. Yeah. This is cool. And then it got weird. And it, I, th- I figured I figured everything would stop. Was that the Dane DeVito moment? I figured everything would stop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were done with this. But, but the clip just kept on clipping. Clip, clip kept going. And so Steve Martin was hosting. Not a bad call. And apparently Steve Martin did a great job. People really liked it. Uh, even though uh, Billy Crystal had done the year before, people wanted Billy for the second round, but he was predisposed. So they got Steve Martin. Not a, again, not a bad call, but the the ratings were a little bit down. You know, as it turned out, not great. Doesn't matter. He goes to Danny DeVito and gives him dip. Now I want to say Danny DeVito. Not the first time we saw him, he was also featured in the Ghostbusters video as someone at oh, the end right, yeah. saying, 
Ghostbusters. Oh, he probably did the Ghostbusters thing. Yeah, definitely. He was part of the end. Ghostbusters while they were walking through Times Square. And then he comments about the 18-hour time difference between L.A. and Australia. And then says, like... By the way, it was great seeing Bob Dylan live from Australia, which has an 18-hour time difference, which to Bob is normal. took it to mean because he lives on another planet that's 18 hours ahead of us like he lives oh, in, the he's future. Just in the future yeah. yeah that's nice Steve. that's what i took it to mean oh. anyways there was also a weird meta comment moment where they talked about voting someone out of show business yeah and by the way be sure to stay tuned throughout the whole show because at the end of the night we're going to vote someone out of show business That just felt like a very Survivor moment because Survivor yeah. oh, had, had come out had come out about eight months before. Okay, then. okay, topical, so, topical. That, when he said that, I was like, "When did Survivor come out?" So Survivor came out um, May thirty first of two thousand, and this came out in March uh, of two thousand one. So, and this is all pre nine eleven, man. The world's a different place. Ooh, there was a nine eleven or. There's a, oh my God, in one of the music videos we watched, oh, the P. Diddy one, where it's like, this is the most, uh, biggest evacuation in New York City since the World Trade Center bombing. It's like, oh, that's the first one from 93. Absolutely. There was another video that had uh, the World Trade Center in it. Uh, Spider-Man also got its first ad pulled because he was swinging. Between the two towers, yeah. So yeah. it, was a, it was a weird time. Yeah. I mean, we watched videos from that era for sure, which is we, very Yeah, we definitely watched a video where the sun was going down, time lapse, and, and it was saw, the towers. I forget the exactly what that was, yeah. Okay, anyway. And then finally, the very last things have changed that we can sort of touch upon until some other future world where we talk about it is a commercial that aired during Super Bowl forty-eight, which we know as the Seahawks domination of the... Denver Broncos, 43-8. That was our first Super Bowl we watched in Portland. And I was torn. I was like, that was the safety. we live here now. The first possession safety. First right? possession safety. And we came from Colorado. We came from the Tim Tebow era Colorado. where And then fucking Peyton Manning shows up. And then we came here where everyone was so stoked About that the Seahawks, Seahawks were yeah. here. And they crushed. I mean, that was like, that was amazing. Was real sad. And also real sad. <laughs> and then the next year, you wanted it to be, and then it, was, it got worse because that was the run the ball, Marshawn. Why are, why you, are you throwing, throwing the ball? <laughs> so yeah. happiness to sadness with a snap. However, there was a commercial from Chrysler featuring Bob Dylan's Things Have Changed, featuring Bob Dylan in the flesh. I know. About Mondo voiceover first, though. America. Is there anything more American? Then America. Cause you can't import original. You can't fake true cool. You can't duplicate legacy. Do you know what the most American thing is? America. The American. Uh, well, the American dream. Oh, is that what he says? I think I wrote it down. It was really fucking stupid. Is there anything more American than America? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, nobody nobody proofread that part. What? The rest of it was pure sentiment. As somebody uh, in season five of Mad Men, I can speak authoritatively on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
it's sentimental. I mean, damn, whole, dude, you're busting through that. I know. I'm. I'm on my way. It just got past Zuby Zuby Zoo. We're good. I'm. I'm on the way. Uh, I think anybody who's ever had a life or existed, if you like, break away from that. It, it's not only a beautiful commercial. I mean, everything is shot so gorgeously. This is also very much a snapshot in time. This is post Great Recession, post TARP, po- post bailout of the auto companies, and they're trying to sell you on that. You know, America's import basically being that Detroit is basically a third world nation, and we're importing cars from America from Detroit. Which is not in a way wrong because, but that's not, but we're not talking about politics. We're not talking about why Detroit is a third world country. You know, the, the world of lose yourself right. by, by Eminem. Why did Detroit become that? Well, that's not what Bob Dylan's trying to even, and not that Bob Dylan should be answering to that on a Chrysler advertisement. But yet, yeah, I mean, it's basically just a sentimental ad that's supposed to make you feel something. It made me mad. That's what it made me feel. Yeah, it didn't make me feel mad. It made me feel just really deeply lethargic. <laughs> it made me bored because it's because it's everything that you you know when it's made here, it's made with the one thing that you can't import from anywhere else: American pride. So let Germany brew your beer. Let Switzerland make your watch. Let Asia assemble your phone. That was the one that pissed we'll me build off. Your car. Yeah. Let Asia assemble your phone. But it's not wrong. I mean, that's true. No, it absolutely is true. But it's not. See, but then we get into the world of Bob Dylan in Sundown on the Union. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which is not, but that's not the worst thing in the world, right? We're still, we're echoing this song from the 1980s that's still resonant today. And especially with Donald Trump and all this bullshit, it's still resonating. And I'm not asking for Bob Dylan for the right answer, but no, I felt the same way. I was like, ah, man, he's not wrong, but also like, ugh. God. Yeah, it just was like I think why I was upset it was because it was like let Germany brew your beer. Okay, Germany's renowned for making d- delicious craft beer. Let Switzerland make your watch. They make amazing craft like perfect functioning amazing machines, watches. Let Asia assemble your phones. Not assemble, only, not make them. Yes, because that IP belongs to Steve Jobs. Thank right. you. Uh, Designed in California, as right. my iPhones have Fucking told me. Thanks, Cupertino. Yeah, wherever that is, and uh, California. <laughs> I know. So I think that's what it was. It was a combination of let them assemble your phone, as in mm-hmm. like they can't make their own product worth. I know. I know the point he was trying to make. And I'm not trying to, but yeah. And the fact that he said Asia and not a specific country, yeah. Whereas he specifically said Switzerland and Germany. Uh-huh. It's like this. The fucking thing that white people in America want to yeah. do, where they think Asia is a country and Africa is a country, and like, yeah. so yeah, I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Bob Dylan did an ad for Chrysler cars, and everyone's talking about it today. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the ad they aired was the much shorter version of the original Dylan ad. Here's the part they edited out for time. Take a look. Is there anything more American than America? Because you can't import original. So let Germany brew your beer. Let Switzerland make your watch. Let Asia assemble your phone. Let France make your water. Let Denmark make your cheese. Let India answer your tech support. Let Chile catch your sea bass. Let Mexico make your pinatas. Let Canada make your dental floss. Let Costa Rica sew your cargo shorts. Let Yemen 
manufacture your chia pets. Let Japan produce your animated torture porn. We will build your car. Release the parts that aren't built in Canada or Mexico. You're making a point about revitalizing the American dream and how we can rebuild an industry and how it's important to try to keep that here. You're you're taking that great sentiment well, and turning like, it into thank nationalism. Thank you for thanks for bailing us out because we wouldn't exist without you. And uh, yeah, it just goes overboard with with this kind of shit. Which you know, what do you expect? Fucking Chrysler, get out of here, man. Yeah. And Goodbye. on top of all of that, if we just focus on the Bob Dylanness of it. Uh, he can't lip sync for shit. It's the same problem he's been having since the eighties. But him getting out of an elevator and like just talking to you—that's weird. I feel really. If it, it, was, it feels invasive. If, if it were just him narrating it and not actually oh, yeah. trying to lip sync to it, I feel like it might would have been better. Oh, so you're saying like he's lip syncing is is talking even like. If that's where everything falls apart, that's where Joker Man falls apart, that's where Tight Connection falls apart. Well, because he gets out of the elevator and he's talking about, this is America. I know, but it's... So you're saying he's lip-syncing that part? Yeah, yeah, all of it. All of it. So he's just, okay, so he's just like talking, and they're like, Bob, we gotta get you in the studio later. Yeah, absolutely. All of that is overdubbed, and that's where really, like, ugh. Okay, I didn't didn't even think about that, because I'm just, his face is jarring to me. Yeah. Because he lost his pencil mustache. In part... Part of why it's so jarring is because, like, you're not saying those words right now. There's not a boom mic anywhere near you picking up sound coming out of that's your a mouth. Good point. That is you in a studio recording this thing. And yeah. he didn't write that, right? That, I mean, that's, oh, I don't think so. Chrysler something gave him something to write to read. You know, I, I that's and that's something about Bob Dylan that I don't think we'll really ever know. And that's maybe that's the part where it sort of departs from my present life and my present beliefs because I don't know. I Bob Dylan probably believes a version of that for sure. I think that's why he goes back into stuff like triplicate. I think it's natural for people to fall down nostalgic trap holes. I feel like we'll do the same thing in a way. And it might be to our benefit to like realize that kind of stuff. And I, I think Bob Dylan has proven through time that he has been adept enough to be like, I might be sentimental and I might be nostalgic, but I at least believe like progressive enough things. But I think he's definitely someone that I think believes all of this. I wouldn't doubt if he wrote this. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, even so not on the union, like it's the idea of let's keep American industries alive and, and vibrant. Let's pay people fair wages so that things stay here. Uh-huh. That's not a bad idea. Right. The, the problem comes in when you take this like nationalist view of there's no worth in trade, there's no worth in import, true. there's no worth in working with a global community. That's not true. It's, it's saying something like, Asia can make my phones, and that's enough. Yeah, yeah. But the joke is really that China's going to outpace all of us. and Absolutely. We'll then be the ones making stuff for them, because especially with Donald Trump and tariffs. and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I mean, why do you think we're fucking lifting all these restrictions? It's so that we can pollute our own goddamn country, that, so that we can manufacture things again. That's one hundred percent right, and uh, and soon we will be. Even though manga hats are made in China, and they'll be more expensive for the twenty twenty campaign. So all you manga heads still inexplic- inexplicably listening to this podcast, <laughs> uh, enjoy your fucking hats, you fucking Nazi pricks. <laughs> so Kelly, we are. Sign on the window. We are at SOTWpod.com, SOTWpod on Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook. Everywhere. Patreon. Think of a place where there. Think of a place where there. 
we love making this show and we can't wait to go to random episodes. And I know a lot of people out there have told me that they really love random episodes and they want that more than anything. So next week is our final curated episode for the for the year. Until until 2019, you will not get another curated episode really? from us 100%. You're going to get mixed up confusions from us, you know, that we that we pick ourselves, but we are not going to do any more curation of Bob Dylan. Yeah. So we will be back next week for a great song, Dreaming of You. We're going to watch a great music video with that, and we're going to talk about our own relationship to music videos next week, and then we're done. And then next week, we're going to pick a brand new... First time in seriously since probably February. Goddamn. Just random Bob Dylan song, and we'll live with it. Kelly, are you excited about that? I'm nervous. It doesn't feel real. I feel like I'm going to, like, accidentally, built into my DNA, just totally, like, be like, another curated mind. <laughs> so I'm going to try my best not to do that. Don't do that. We'll see you next week for Dreaming of You. That's all I do. And it's driving me insane. Oh shit. Go listen to Death Heaven. Okay. That's that was not a Bob Dylan? That was Bob Dylan. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>